0: Testing, 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 testing it.
1: Strategery. 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 That's strategery. the test word this week, strategery. The human torch
0: was denied a bank loan. That's my...
1: What is that, bro? I'm from? just
0: working on my, you know, loosening up.
1: Oh, got all it. All you know. And <laughs> I, I do the how now ground cow with yes. my daughter, and she loves it.
0: Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Many mum. Unique less. New York unique new york that's the one that's the one hi dan hey josh we're the nerds in the word podcast loving every moment of it loving it eating it up we're here at the lunchtime cafe wow we just can't we can't pin down a time
1: of day Um, i mean young handsome dads with kids and jobs and all that you know it's tough to pin us down we're busy people we're
0: busy people people like us
1: and want to be around us
0: yeah I mean, that's. <laughs> and then I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing incites laughter like that. Uh... Mm-hmm. Man, well, I have a question for you, Dan. Please. Have you ever had an eccentric
1: friend who spoke truth? Yeah. Well, so funny enough, Josh, so I, I was thinking about the question.
0: It has to be
1: someone other than me. Well, so I think, so from the perspective of many of my friends in college, it's me. (laughs) I'm that like like, weird Christian theist who still does the church thing. And they really like my, anyway, anyway, I feel like it's kind of me sometimes, but I also have had some, some other eccentric friends throughout, throughout my life. So how about you, Josh?
0: I like that. I think, yeah, I think I would probably be the answer to a lot of people's, being questioned that but i I have i think of one guy um when i was in when i was in college um which i was in for i two-thirds of my life from what looking back on it basically um i i lived in a in an apartment complex that was um sort of right in the the economic demographic of of uh college students, and reasonably successful drug dealers. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was okay. like all of us together, you know, yeah. lots of cookouts. Um, so, and I had a guy who was who I went to college with who who was in the apartment, like, building five, and I was in building four, and he was across the parking lot from me, and I just called him Weird Steve, and Weird Steve was always, he, he had made himself one time a t-shirt that said Chief of Sinners on the back of it. And he wore it around, and then he would sort of tell the gospel to anyone who, like, looked at him with both eyes. Um,
1: That's awesome.
0: And I would and I would be out on, on my deck. You know, it is Virginia in the middle of the summer. It's like 800 degrees. And Weird Steve would be out with his Chief of Sinners shirt on, and I would go, Hey, man, what's going on? I'm seeking him. Are you seeking him? Are you looking up? You know, it was just that all the time. Yes. Yeah, it was... Um, I ran into Weird Steve one time walking home at at night, and I said, "Hey, what's up, man?" And he said, "I said, what are you what are you up to?" And he said, "I'm fleeing lust." Good for you. <laughs> I was Steve. like, "Good, hey, man, whatever gets it done, Steve." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, him and and another guy I can think of, who we called Ben, praise the Lord, Ben. Ben plays the Lord Ben, because he. Well,
1: that's a mouthful.
0: Yeah, he became a Christian like later in life, and then he well was praise at,
1: the Lord, Ben.
0: Yeah, and he was at our Christian college, and he'd be like, "How you doing? Praise the Lord. What's up? Praise the Lord. Good to see you. Praise the Lord." And we called him Ben. Praise the Lord, Ben.
1: Wow, sir, yes, sir. That's amazing. <laughs> ben, praise the Lord, Ben. I hope I have a friend like that someday.
0: Well, and that segues us into John the Baptist, who was
1: definitely weird. Steve, I think so. In fact, even maybe even weirder than Weird Steve.
0: I think I think he had Weird Steve topped. Um, he was one of these, you know, that like, like Weird Steve kind of lived outside of normalcy or whatever you want to call it. Um, but but in a way that he had insight. Like, weird, I used to go to Weird Steve's apartment, and we would have, like, warmed up Moore stew. And he had nothing in his apartment except, like, a, ch- a couch and a whiteboard covered in Bible verses.
1: And also that shirt that he would wear that would say... And his shirt, yeah. Chief of sinners.
0: And we'd sit and we'd pray, but, like, Weird Steve, like, when he prayed, things happened. That's and like, amazing. God's presence was there in a, in a way that when I prayed, I was like, man, why can't I be like Weird Steve? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Weird Steve, we dedicate this episode to you. We do.
0: Shout out to Weird Steve. Not his real name, by the way, and I'm sure he's got better things to listen to. So, um, just to protect all the guilty. Um, but John the Baptist. I'm going to read about John the Baptist. Yeah, let's go for it. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Confessing their sins, Matthew three, one through six. So, John the Baptist, yeah, man, wearing weird clothes like weird Steve.
1: Well, it's, it's so it's so funny when you said weird clothes, and when I read when I read uh, that he's wearing like camel's hair, I'm like, what is the equi- equivalent of that today? Mm. And I just thought of like Bernie Sanders and like his like at the inaugura- inauguration with like his his jacket and his mittens and his his face. Anyway, I don't think that's a perfect analogy, but I do think I'm to something there.
0: I like that. I like that. I, I liked how people were publishing his his checklist that they were guessing, and it was like get get a nice marble rye, then Joe's thing, <laughs> then early to bed. You know. <laughs> uh,
1: so, so who is John the Baptist? What what have what have you learned throughout your time studying Josh? Uh,
0: John the Baptist was. Um, was Jesus's cousin? Maybe yeah. we don't know yeah. the exact relationship.
1: Once um, removed, let's say once removed.
0: Once removed, yeah, and uh, and he kind of made a, a political stir. He was kind of a a more as far as like extra biblical history goes. There's there's more about John the Baptist than Jesus, at least right then.
1: There's a lot about John the Baptist. I mean, we we could go off way into left field and talk about. I mean, there, 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 for a while, there was a small sect within Christianity that believed, and you wouldn't even call it Christianity, because they believed that John the Baptist was actually the Messiah.
0: So don't worry, they, they
1: eventually wow. petered out and then didn't go anywhere. Um, but John, the, there is a ton written about John the Baptist, but we do know one thing for sure about this character, and that is, in his first century context, John the Baptist would have been considered a prophet, meaning... Someone through whom God was uniquely acting and through whom was uniquely speaking a word of truth to the nation of Israel. And I think maybe a, a helpful way to think about the prophetic voice in the first century is to understand that, you know, when, when we think of prophets today, we think of someone who is just foretelling the future. Like that's not exactly how prophets worked within ancient Israel or even within Second Temple Judaism or the first century, as we're talking about. A prophetic voice would also be a pseudo-political voice, which is uh, why John the Baptist took on the Pharisees and then even took on Herod and lost his head because of it. You know, there was the the line between the state and between religion was virtually non-existent. Mm -hmm. And so to be a prophet to God's people meant that you're speaking a word of God to those who are in charge or that is like the political elite. And so John the Baptist was a prophetic and political figure in first century uh, in, in first century Judea. As well, uh, he was a priest. And so we we know this uh, from the gospel of Luke that his father Zechariah was a priest and the priesthood was hereditary, meaning that you sure. you didn't apply to it like you like you, you can't apply to it like you apply to you know red robin. Or a pastor job. Or a pastor job. It's not, like, none of of that happens. Like, if you're not born into the family, you don't belong within that guild. Right. And so, and as well, if you're born into that guild, you don't really get to choose to not be a part of that guild. Like, you're just brought up into it. And so John, from a very early age, would have been consumed with purity standards. What kind of food do I eat and when and where? When do I wash before I eat? How do I wash after I eat? When do I say my prayers? Sure. I, how often do I wash my clothes? All that stuff. John John would have been consumed with purity ritual simply because to be a priest capable of going into the, into the temple, you had to be on top of all of the different purity standards that were there. It was the family tree, right? I Correct. mean, he grew up around yeah. it.
0: Yeah. It was, it was, Yeah. It was what he knew, what he knew, probably his default position.
1: Well, I mean, it's like it's like, it's like, growing up the son of a dentist and then, like, having really poor dental hygiene. Like, that just doesn't happen, <laughs> you know? Like, if you're the son of a dentist, you're flossing at age, like, one. Like, the second you get your first tooth, you're flossing. Like, it it, it, it was just part of, it would have been part of his, his upbringing. And this helps us understand why John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan River mm-hmm. that had to do with some purity ritual. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But as we think about the character of John the Baptist, the, the, the Bible, or if, if all we know is the Bible, it becomes very easy to assume that John the Baptist is just this completely unique kind of crazy prophetic priestly guy. Right. And there's no one else like like him at all. Yeah. And the, the, the weird thing, Josh is like, that's actually just not true. Right. Like John the Baptist was weird, but he was not unique in taking people to the Jordan River hmm. in order to do something prophetic. And so there's a, another man that we know from the book of Acts, chapter 5, and as well we know about him from uh, Josephus. His name was Theudas. Uh, he was an Egyptian, probably. And this is what Josephus records about him. And so with with Matthew 3, 1 through 6 in our mind, where Matthew talks about John the Baptist. Preparing the way of the Lord, let's now hear the way that Josephus describes this guy named Theudas, who is a character that is at least parallel or akin to John the Baptist. And this is what Josephus writes. It came to pass, while Cuspius, Fadus was pure, creator, pure well, curator of Judea, that a certain charlatan, whose name was Theudas persuaded a great part of the people to take their effects with them and follow him to the Jordan River. Look at that. For he told them that he was a prophet, much like John the Baptist, and that he would, by his own command, divide the river and afford them an easy passage over it. Many were deluded by his words. However, Phaedus did not permit them to make any advantage of his wild attempt, but sent a troop of horsemen out against them, After falling upon them unexpectedly, they slew many of them and took many of them alive. They also took Theodos alive, cut off his head, and carried it to Jerusalem. Okay, I know, right? Wow. Wow. And so let, let let's let's just begin by asking ourselves this question which, which so.
0: Cuspius was this? Was this big Cuspius or Little cuspious? I get
1: I know <laughs> so many cuspii. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> uh I wish I wish I had a smart joke to come up with that. I'm not quick enough. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah,
0: so yeah, creepy, dark, I mean heavy stuff. And somebody yeah. who would have been in, in the a contemporary of John the Baptist, or not too yes, long before close, him? very close, very okay. very
1: close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's ask, uh, let's ask ourselves this question, Josh: Why the Jordan River? Right? Like, why? Yeah. So like, so th- this is this is what Josephus says. Um, For he told them that he was a prophet and that he would, by his own command, divide the river.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why would a guy like Theudas go to the Jordan River to rally people to himself? What other biblical stories involve? The dividing of the Jordan River. Several of them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you think of uh, the Exodus being probably the most like mm-hmm. operative. Um, you know, Moses coming out to divide
1: the Jordan River and or divide not the Jordan River, but yeah, yeah. The, um, the, the, the Reed Red Sea or the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Then you also have in 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 uh, in, uh, in Joshua, uh, the priests going before the people, and the Jordan River stops flowing and it's built up supposedly it's built up into this this heap in front of the people of israel and they're able to cross over the jordan river on dry land into the promised land Mm -hmm. and this was kind of the symbolic act of yahweh to say these are my people this is my land and i am going to drive out the inhabitants of the promised land so that my people can have their land that i've given to them with that in mind it makes complete sense that a guy like Theudas in the first century, who certainly hates Romans, certainly hates the Roman Empire, certainly wants to see an autonomous Israel reestablished, would take people to the Jordan River in order to do something that is reminiscent of what happened in Joshua. In the same way that the priests in Joshua divided the river, so now does Theudas think that God is going to do something with them where the Jordan River is going to divide. This this rabble that's with him is going to cross over on dry land. Everyone's going to hear about It's going to rally to his cause. And look at what's going to happen. They're going to just kick all of Rome out of the promised land. And so this is Theodos in some ways trying to kickstart a... And we, again, we don't know if he was a messianic figure. We just know he was a prophetic figure. But this is a prophetic figure trying to kickstart a military conquest of, of, against their imperial overlords, let's say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like that's, that's who Thaedas is. That's the narrative that he's operating out of. Now let's compare and contrast that story with John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. You think that's the story that John the Baptist is operating out of?
0: Well, absolutely not. I mean, he, he, um, he didn't, he didn't promise, um, gimmicks. Nope. Um and he quite specifically put people under the water. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like he never said it was going to not be there. Um, but as far as like the background of the Exodus, um, the you know the Israel story informing what he was doing, absolutely. Yeah, and so
1: like think about it from a, 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 a so he's baptizing people. Bapti to be baptized is by nature a symbol of ritual purification right but john john the baptist wasn't just concerned with the the purified hands of israel and so like just think about psalm 24 4 for instance that says who can ascend the mountain of the lord he who has clean hands Mm. and a clean heart right and so very popular in, in first century dialogue like was the question of like why on earth did israel lose the promised land to begin with and it's because they were impure And so you have groups like the Pharisees, groups like the Essenes, who just focus completely on external purity, purity of the hands. Right. John the Baptist takes people out to the Jordan River and then baptizes them at the Jordan River, at the very place where God began to liberate his people and give them a promised land. Except that John the Baptist isn't trying to prepare them for war. He's trying to purify their hearts. Mm. He knows that Israel need needs clean hands. And by and large, Israel was very good at keeping external purity laws. But there was something about the human heart that John the Baptist knew was off, which is, which is why he taught such a radical, what I would call a gospel ethic. And so we know from the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus says, like, if you have two tunics, give one away. Well, where did Jesus learn that from? Yeah. John Week the Baptist. Three. <laughs> yeah it, it, honestly it, 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 I, I forget what gospel it is. I want I, like off the top of my head, I'm gonna say it's Matthew. Uh, but like John like John the Baptist is the one who initiates that that kind of ethic. If you have two tunics, give it away. Like, what does that show you about the the, the the heart, the vision, and the story out of which John the Baptist is is behaving? This is the story of a man who wants to see a renewed Israel, cross over the Jordan and take the promised land again, but not as, like, conquering, uh, not as a conquering army, but as God's people with a renewed heart. Mm-hmm. And so right away you see this very eccentric John the Baptist figure who is, you know, railing against the Pharisees and railing against Herod, but his heart for the people of Israel is fundamentally different than a guy like Theodos who just wants to see well in blood. John the Baptist really wants to see the people of God become who they were supposed to be. I think it's also really interesting, Josh, that never once does John the Baptist take the mantle of leadership on himself and say, and I'm going to be the one who does this. Yeah, like, Baptism is always a precursor to something, at least according to John, which is why he goes into the, the wilderness and says, uh, prepare the way of the Lord. Like, whoever the Lord is, it's not him it's someone else and so you have a statement like in in john Mm -hmm. where he says to jesus behold the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world and so the the baptism that john was uh giving to people was a a foreshadow or or a a, um, a signpost that was pointing the way towards the one who would really purify israel's heart and so as we think about John the Baptist, we have to say that he had a dramatically different vision of the kingdom of God than any other of his contemporaries. Um, Israel needed a new heart, and that's what John came to begin, and I think that's what Jesus came to finish. Mm-hmm. And so maybe just as a, a, a contemporary reflection, Josh, like, how do you think hearing the Bible on those terms begins to change us as 21st century Bible readers
0: well I think I think one of my favorite things about John is that about his about half of his message that we have recorded in the Gospels is how he is going to leave <laughs> 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 it, yeah. like he's how he's he's gonna step aside that that was like his whole he all he ever wanted to be was the opening yeah. act you know? yeah I, I must become
1: less, must become greater.
0: Right. Right. And I you know, I'm not I'm not worthy to untie his sandals and yeah. you know, um and all that that like to me that's that's powerful in the sense of when when God becomes present in a in a situation, in a church situation, that kind of thing, um can we step out of the way of what God is doing or do we need to speak for him and take Mm. over and, and steal the spotlight back on ourselves, you know? Um, And that's, you know, that's what's, that's, what's interesting about John. And that's what I love about John his, his, his walk away from, um, he's never fit into society and he never Mm. wanted to. He's always, Mm. he's, he's disrupting it. And he disrupts the whole narrative of, like you're saying, you know, this is how a prophet looks. Well, a prophet is someone who comes from the outside, shocks everything, rattles everything, mm-hmm. and then they start a movement. And mm-hmm. all he did was get everybody to
1: himself and go, he's over there. And he left. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's so interesting. And so, like, if you look at Theudas and how the Roman Empire treated Theudas, like, they immediately saw, this guy's a threat. We need to take him out. Right. Like, before he gets momentum, we need to take him out. Right. Rome was equally as aware of John the Baptist, and they saw him. And they're just like, "Dude, just bathing some people, like getting clean." Like that's, <laughs> you know, the, the Roman Empire has less bo. Thank you, John the Baptist. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and so, like, John comes and cri- like he is a he's at the same time a critique of the empire without necessarily appearing as a immediate threat to the empire. Right. Um, and I think I think as Christians we can. Like we can learn from that kind of balancing act Mm -hmm. where, you know, we, 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 we look at our surrounding context and we're able to critique it at times. And yet our context never looks at us and says, you know, off with their head. These are, these are people who don't, don't belong with us. And so, you know, I think John the Baptist was capable of walking some pretty, pretty fine lines when he needed to, of course, until he really got angry and let his mouth get the better of him, and then then Herod, you
0: know. He obviously knew how to handle himself. Mm. Um, diplomatically is probably not too strong a word, but he had yeah. he had already, you know, developed that relationship. Herod was very sad when mm. his own hubris and lust and everything else put him in a situation of, I've got to save face by, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. I didn't realize, just reading this about this guy here, that... Um, the, the beheading was, like, standard practice <laughs> for these dudes, you know? Um, I mean, it was standard Roman execution as well, yeah. but um, it's just interesting that that this guy ended up there, and then John, you know, is yeah. like, that's what you do with those guys. Yeah. Um,
1: so. so for me, I, Josh, I always feel really challenged by John the Baptist's view of purity, and that for John, it wasn't just about what you do externally. It's also about the narrative that is informing your behavior. And, you know, Israel could be absolutely clean by priestly standards and yet absolutely recalcitrant and hard-hearted towards those who don't know God. And I think, you know, as a follower of Jesus today, I can fall into the same the same habits where uh, on the outside, by all appearances, I look like I am absolutely following, you know, the one God, I'm following Jesus. And yet what's happening in my heart is not the narrative of the gospel, it's not the narrative of the kingdom of God, or at least it's not as pure as it could be. And I I, I find myself coming back time and time again, asking myself the question, like, not only is my, not only are my hands clean and pure, or not only is my external behavior clean and pure, but also is my heart? Like, is, is the imaginative world I'm behaving out of a clean, pure vision of God's kingdom in which case, um, like, yeah, I, I, I just I feel like that, like that that's the, the the call of is that that's the call that God has put on my heart, is that I, I I need to continually reform and to repent, so that God can can so that yeah God can put a new heart inside of me, and I think that that John the Baptist rings the bell in terms of pointing uh, at least in terms of putting his finger on a problem but he never himself pretends to be the solution as you said josh he's always pointing to jesus and i i, I as, a, as a as a follower of jesus i just have to come come back continually to this reality that whoever gives me the clean heart it's not me it's certainly not john the baptist it's 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 the the one john the baptist was pointing to the true messiah and the true king and i think that's a, a challenge for all of us Paxi Mana. Cheers.